Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. All right, everybody, welcome back to Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. And, of course, now that we are officially on the back half of the conference schedule, things are starting to iron themselves out a little bit, or at least we think, as we've talked about in previous weeks with the various guests that we have had. Uh, this is, if in my time covering the league, this is probably the deepest that the league has been, or at least the most congested that the league has been. Just when we start to think that we have figured some of these teams out, they drop games that we don't expect them to, and the teams that we think have counted themselves out, they get a big win. We can't get a good feel of the league, and that may not be a bad thing. And I'm excited to bring on our next guest, longtime voice of the Oakland Golden Grizzlies men's basketball team, Mr. Neil Rule. Neil, welcome in, sir. It's been a while. How are you? Uh, yeah, it's good to talk to you, Justin. It's been a couple minutes, but uh, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here with you and looking forward to chopping it up. And as you said, the the back half of the league, uh, there's, I guess there's a, a little less to talk about and a little more to watch. So I guess that's uh, that's where we're at as far as the Horizon League goes right now. It's It's time. It's time for everybody to make their move. So with that being said, we'll get into some of the matchups that we're most intrigued by that tip off tomorrow night. And uh, let's obviously the team uh, that you're associated with, the Golden Grizzlies, a hard team to figure out. You look at them on paper, you look at them on the floor, um, and you instantly you know, kind of put them in the category of, oh, that's a contender. And they haven't proven that they're not a contender, but we can't get a good feel. I think your team is the most uh, Jekyll and Hyde of all the teams in the conference right now. I don't know how you would kind of describe them. What's your takeaway? You've had that front seat uh front row seat this entire journey with oakland and coach campy what is it about this team that some nights they look like they can beat anybody in this league and then other nights they prove they could also lose to anybody in this league they're tough to figure out right now yeah i mean but i think if you go back and construct the schedule and, and look at who's played a lot of road games in the league and northern kentucky's about to find this out um life's hard on the road there is no question about it and, and if you if you reconstruct the golden grizzlies season from opening night to this day, and, and basketball's complex, right? There's a lot of sets and uh, plays and formations and everything that everybody's trying to do. But the bottom line is Jalen Moore is healthy now. Jalen Moore wasn't healthy, especially in the, the front part of the season. And, and it was a lifetime ago that the Golden Grizzlies played, you know, at Purdue-Fort Wayne and at Cleveland State, got Horizon League play started. And just the sheer number of road games. And, and I've always kind of looked at it like this. I mean, if, I, if I'm a broadcaster, right, traveling with the team, if I've had enough of traveling and being on the road, I can only imagine what they're like as players. <laughs> and for Oakland, we're going to see. And, again, games are hard. We saw it last weekend at Youngstown State. And Oakland has, has kind of run into that a couple of times, right? Purdue-Fort Wayne playing their first nationally televised game at home in, in, in maybe forever. Youngstown State last Friday, ESPN2 in the house. The place was packed. There were more people at that Youngstown State game on Friday night 
than I think that there's been every other time I've been to Youngstown State combined. I mean, it was electric, and it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a classic college basketball atmosphere, and it, it was big time. And It was a big-time game with two good teams playing at each other, or playing against each other. And look, you know, Youngstown State got two wins over Oakland this year, uh, certainly a huge win at the arena, and, and they really took it to Oakland. But, but I think in that return engagement that we saw at Youngstown, I mean, it, it just speaks to this league, I think, where the Horizon League this year, certainly in the regular season, Justin, is like going to a crap table in Las Vegas. And you roll the two dice down the table, and the dice are going to come up how they come up. And it is literally a game of chance, I think, as far as the Horizon League goes this year. So I think you have six teams, realistically, that could win this thing in, in the tournament format, which is wild. But uh, I, I know one thing. As you said, there's a lot of congestion, and things are going to start to shake themselves out starting this weekend. Yeah, it's crazy right now as far as Horizon League play is concerned. I mean, Youngstown State, Milwaukee, Cleveland State, and Northern Kentucky – all tied there at the top. Obviously, tiebreakers, you know, kind of break that up. But nine and three, four teams all tied at nine and three at the top. And then there's Oakland at seven and five, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Wright State coming in at six and six. And Robert Morris, who just beat Oakland, coming into that six and six mark as well. Robert Morris, another very interesting team because I watched them just absolutely pummel Wright State, who I think at the time I thought was a much better basketball team. I, I'm starting to kind of see the lack of depth that the team has and the impact of losing guys like Tanner Holden and Grant Basile, two key pieces to the team's success in NCAA tournament, a mini run last year, of course. But uh, that team's been impacted by that. But I, I really do. Robert Morris is an interesting team with Spears, and they just have a lot of interesting weapons. Detroit, you could ever count out because of Antoine Davis, of course, but their record is kind of showing their up-and-down season, too. They've kind of been battling some injuries. But uh, you've been doing this a while, and I said this earlier, but I think it's safe to say this is as deep as the conference has been in quite some time. Yeah, it's certainly the most competitive that it's been. And look, you know, I think you're spot on when you, when you talk about Wright State, but they're still Wright State, and they still score a ton of points. And, and they have that, – that's why, to me, I th- people are going to ask me as, as the season goes on and certainly when the tournament bracket comes out, they're going to ask me, so, Neil, you know, you cover this league. Who do you think is going to win? And I legit think – it's going to be matchup based, yes. where it depends on what teams play what teams, and that's going to dictate what what happens. Because Youngstown, or excuse me, Wright State, they still have an, an edge in the in post play over anybody in the league. I would say, and I would say Scott Nagy and what they do offensively is always dangerous. And yeah, you're right. Like you're you're not wrong, Justin. In that you take guys like that off teams. They're going to struggle to replicate the success they had with those guys. I mean, it's just simple math. And then Robert Morris, and, and I've said this a lot, where they have two dynamic players. They do. I mean, they have a they have a, a very viable one-two punch. And I saw Spears put in work on on, uh, on Sunday afternoon uh, just outside of Pittsburgh. There, I saw him go to work, and he was on one. And you know, they they had guys that you know were knocking down shots and those types of things, and they're dangerous. You don't want to see them. I imagine, just say that the tournament bracket came out as it sits right now. You really want to be messing with Robert Morris seated where they're seated? No, you don't You don't want to see that. So, you know, and Enoch Cheeks didn't even really play well in, in the game that, that we saw him on Sunday. I've seen him. He's, he's tough, man. So 
It is. It's going to be matchup dictated. Who plays who? What the, What is the health at the time? Because I think that's one lesson that we've learned through all this this far is we don't really have a grasp on what what the ultimate story is going to be because it isn't done playing out yet. Neil, let's uh, talk about uh, before we get into the matchups that kind of we're kind of keeping an eye on this weekend. Um, you know, with Oakland and Greg Campy, he, he fascinates me, of course. Uh, I think he's a treasure to college basketball. Um, and he's, a, you know, a media person's dream as far as an interview is concerned. I mean, he's not going to hold back. There's a, he, he provides you a ton of content. That's for sure. But, um, when you think about the run that Oakland has had in the Horizon League, you know, I think back when they came in and I remember every year we come in and this roster as well. You look at some of these guys on these rosters, and you're like, my goodness. I mean, there's years where they have been the most talented roster in the league, and they just haven't been able to get it done as far as winning the, the conference tournament. What What is like, I mean, again, Greg Campy's a great coach, heck of a recruiter, very solid rosters. Just what is so hard about Oakland trying to get over that hump, something that they've been trying to do since joining the conference? I, I think it's like any other mid-major, right? It, these, these conference tournament games happen in a vacuum, and, and they're one-offs. And it's it's hard, man. Like it's it's hard. See, like power five teams, you look at Michigan State, for instance, or or you look at Tennessee or Duke or these teams. They're able to play their conference tournaments with the luxury of knowing that no matter what happens to them, they're still going to get in the NCAA tournament. And that's a pretty powerful security blanket to have. You know, when you're a mid-major team, you're playing you're playing for your life every single conference tournament game. And, you know, it is one of those things where, and Oakland's seen this before, when, when they were in the Summit League, they had great success in the Summit League tournament. They had moments of agonizing heartbreak in the NCAA tournament, in the conference tournament. And ask ESPN, they'll tell you, when, when the ratings come out, both of those stories are what sells, and that's why it's so popular. And that's, I think that's why, that's the appeal of, mid-major basketball, especially in March, because, look, we're, we're in a, a social media big event society now. That's where we live, and, and it's kind of devalued the regular season because we love those three days in March or those five days of March or whatever whatever amount of days in March those, those, those equate to. That's what we love as, as fans, and we like everything on the line in that for the loser, there is no tomorrow and the winner moves on. That, that's what we like. And it's, those are pressure-packed moments. Those other guys that are coaching, they make a lot of money too. You know, I mean, it's, it, those recruits that they have on the other team, they were very good high school players too. It's just, it's one of those scenarios where it's every single game you are playing for your life. And that, that's tough to negotiate, man, across the, the, the course of three games or four games or five games. It's, I guess that's a long way of saying it ain't easy, Justin, and I say ain't for a fact. <laughs> you know, and Greg Campy being such a great coach, you know, we've talked about the depth of the Horizon League right now, and, and one thing, a common theme with a lot of the guests that we've had on the podcast throughout this season is I credit a lot of the depth of the league right now to some of the tenured coaches. I mean, this is the healthiest that the conference has been as far as coaching is concerned in quite some time. I know Dennis Gates, uh, you know, obviously um, no longer at Cleveland State, and Pat Baldwin no longer with Milwaukee, but uh, you look at the job that the two new coaches have done since coming in. I mean, Cleveland State
State, Milwaukee right there at the top. I mean, they haven't missed a beat. The coaching in the conference, there's one thing we talk about the talent and the rosters and the competitiveness of the conference, but I think it all starts with coaching. I don't know about you, but in my time covering the league for about seven, eight years now, this is as solid of, of a, a group of coaches that the conference has had in quite some time as well. Uh, no, it is, and, and we know the resume, obviously, of Greg Campy and Scott Nagy, and, and they've won no matter where no matter where they've been. And, and I don't know why people forget about that with Scott Nagy. He had, he had South Dakota State humming in the, in the Summit League. I mean, they were, they were going to the tournament all the time. And for some reason, people forget that. I don't know why. But, and and then, you, you, then you throw some of the new guys into the fold. And we talked about this at Oakland for a very long time. Like, Jared Calhoun's a problem yep. for, for the rest of the Horizon League. And, you know, it, it, it was funny. It kind of hit me when – we're doing the game Friday night, the building's full and everything like that, and the place is rocking, and we already saw Youngstown State and what they're about. They're lighting up scoreboards, and they're one of the best offenses in the nation. And I was, I was reading through the notes when I do little intros before the game, and I'm talking about Jared Calhoun, and I said, you know, and Calhoun's led Youngstown State to three consecutive winning seasons. And while that doesn't sound like a lot, it's something that hadn't been done since, like, the 80s at Youngstown State. And you forget, you know, what, what he kind of walked into there and what he's made that, like almost instantly. Like it's been a work in progress a little bit, but he's flipped the way that they play basketball. And so he's a problem now. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the coaching position certainly is, is the thing that does it, you know, the recruiting and, and the coaching and all those kinds of things. So, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. Northern Kentucky's kind of kept it pushing, you know, through their coaching changes as well. And, you know, yeah, the coaching's healthy. And that's why, you know, that's, that's part of the story as, as to why the top teams at the Horizon League have been the top teams at the Horizon League and the newcomers that are kind of knocking on the door, that's why they're knocking on the door. It is because of coaching. Neil, a lot of big – I mean, obviously now as we're getting – Further and further into the conference season, it's already. I mean, we've already turned the calendar to February, which means we're a month away from all the madness, uh, and, and we're just uh, you know a month away, of course, from from Indianapolis, of course. Um, with that being said, uh, these games are just getting bigger and bigger, and with we talked about so many teams now in the mix and positioning, and you talked about the importance of matchups playing a role in, in the outcome of these games. Seeding has never been more important, and not just to win the conference in the regular season, but trying to position yourself to host a, a conference. Or to host a tournament game in the in the early rounds, of course, setting up to get to Indianapolis. A lot of big games this coming up weekend, and I feel like I say it every week, but there's just a lot of opportunities for some of these teams to solidify themselves or at least uh, start to create some separation. What are some of the games that you have kind of circled that you're looking at? They could be Oakland, of course, but they're right there in the mix as we've talked about. What are some of the games that you've kind of kind of circled and said, man, the, the outcome of these can have a huge impact on how the final standings uh, shape out here in the next month? I, I think as far as like Horizon League standings, I, I think the kind of the epicenter of everything is what's going to go on in Youngstown State this weekend because I think Youngstown State is, is dangerous for a multitude of reasons. Number, uh, first and foremost to me, they, they have a third score, and I'm talking like a bona fide score, a, a third option that can give you 25. I've seen it before. So you, know, you parlay that with, with Adrian Nelson and, and Youngstown State is dangerous. And, and Northern Kentucky, like it's time to play some road games, man. And I'm not – I'm not one that sits there and cracks on this. Scheduling's a scheduling, man. It's the same for everybody. And, you know, you, it, when, it, when we're all done with this, everybody will have played the same teams in the same location. So I, I, don't, I don't put a lot into all of that. 
but it's time. You know, when Northern Kentucky, when they get out of the controlled environment, and look, they hang their hat defensively on what they've been able to do, but it, it's a luxury when, when you're playing at home for, for a lot of reasons. You tend to shoot more free throws when you're playing at home. Uh, you know, that, that's just the way that the game flow works itself out. So they're going to have to deal with being on the road, and they're going to have to deal with going to Youngstown State and trying to keep them out of the 80s. And that's certainly a lot easier to do when you're playing at home than when you are out there on the road. And then the flip side of that coin, why, why it becomes really intriguing, too, we, we think we, we keep waiting, right? We keep waiting for Wright State. And then they win a couple games, and you're like, okay, they're back, and, and they're fine and stuff like that. Well, as you said, we're in February now. So you, you kind of are what you are, and you are what you are this weekend. And it is a big weekend for Oakland as well. You know, you, you want to get in that top four – and they still control, you know, their fate as, as far as that is concerned. So, you know, if you you get on a run, and like what we talked about with Northern Kentucky, it's the opposite for Oakland. They have one more road trip left this year. That's it as far as the regular season's concerned. And I think we can all agree that Oakland is, is a much different team at the arena. They will shoot more free throws. They shoot a ton of free throws. You know, they make more than other teams in the league you know, attempt. So, you know, them getting back at home, that'll be big to keep an eye on Oakland. But but I really do think with what's going on in Youngstown State now that they have a chance to really solidify their grasp at the, at the top of the Horizon League. And it, it'll be really interesting to see because, Justin, look, yeah, you talk about winning the Horizon League championship. And I have, I have clearance from Greg Campy to talk about it like this because he's even warmed up to this fact. The only thing that matters, can you get a home game? Can you get in the top four and get a home game? Because then it's the same for everybody else. One through four, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, you can talk about seeding and stuff like that, and that's fun media stuff to discuss. But you've got to get your home game and then win your home game because if you fancy yourself as a team good enough to win a Horizon League Tournament championship, you should win a game at home. And then you get to Indianapolis, and as I said earlier, you step up to the crap table and roll the dice and hope you roll sevens and 11s and not two threes or 12. So many, uh, for one, the Youngstown State thing that you discussed, and you're right about the the importance of getting that home game uh, to kick off the tournament, of course, especially because you've talked about the, you know, you look at how some of the teams are faring right now. Some teams have had the the fortunate uh, scheduling aspect of playing the majority of the first half of the conference portion of the season at home, and and then those same teams now have to hit the road for the back stretch, and things kind of even out and take care of themselves. But you're right, the Youngstown State uh, matchups this weekend, again, Wright State's lost to Youngstown State and Robert Morris um, in their first two conference games of the season. I mean, they got punched in the mouth pretty good by both teams. Wright State's right there in the mix with a couple of those 6-6 six and six teams and Oakland right ahead of them. So you look at Oakland and Purdue-Fort Wayne, Purdue-Fort Wayne reeling a bit. They're trying to, again, separate themselves, get back into that top four conversation. Same thing with Wright State. Oakland trying to fight to you know keep their uh, place right there in the standings. But you know, Northern Kentucky at Robert Morris, Robert Morris, Wright State, and Oakland. It's a big weekend for all three of those teams because – all three of those teams, a one and one, a one and one weekend or an zero and two weekend, not saying it knocks you out completely, but it's definitely going to uh, have you limping into the the rest of the final uh, stretch of the season. That's for sure. No, it is. It's damaging uh, if if you're being real about it, and because again, that that prize is to get one of those home games, and that that's what's on the line. And, and what's funny about it too, Justin, is like we'll play this weekend out, right? And the games will play themselves out, and then next week. You'll be talking to another guest 
on the Reach of Horizon podcast, and you'll be saying, man, this weekend, it's as big <laughs> as it gets. And, you know, these teams, they got to win their games again. That's, that's the nature of this, and that's what makes it cool when you get into February in college basketball because y- y- you see the end and you know what the stakes are, and every single week you're still playing for those same kind of stakes. And, uh, yeah, the prize for everybody here, get a home game. It, again, I know it's a complicated game sometimes, but a lot of times it's very simple, and your chances are exponentially higher if you have a home game in the first round and then you get to Indianapolis and take your chances. All right, well, good stuff. Again, a big one for Oakland. Oakland, Purdue, Fort Wayne. That'll be uh, tomorrow night, uh, so keep that in mind. A big one for Oakland. A lot of big games, as we just discussed. Longtime voice of the Oakland Golden Grizzlies men's basketball team, Neil Rule, our guest on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Neil, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy man. You're all over the place, so uh, I appreciate that. With you going all over the place, that you made a stop for us, so thank you very much. Absolutely, Justin. Anytime, my friend.